yeah, we'll go into you doing your wooden plan. I can ask you the question and then watch it, my little. Uh, we can go to your story. Okay. <laughs> Wake up! Absolutely. Now I'm going to put a lot of makeup. I just got to the waiter. I just got to the Watch out, let the kids up on the table. Here you go, create another table. You wanted to. All right. Just listen to Chop Suey. We're good. We're set. We're set. Uh, let me go ahead because we do this. We uh, we send out. Nope, that's not gonna work. Um, we send out tweets here. We send them out. Put them in the wild. Take the ball, and we win. Um, there we go. There's a lot of fucking fighters that are free games on Amazon Prime. Fighters? Like fighting games. Really? Yeah, they're... Oh, Far Cry 4 is also uh, free with Amazon Prime. That's wild. And Escape from Monkey Island. What, again, yeah, I, think I, I, don't, I don't know if anyone actually pays for Monkey Island. I think it just shows up in everyone's inboxes at some point. Well, I mean... It's free with Prime, so are you really, you're not really paying for Monkey Island. It's just a, a perk you can get. There's King of Fighters 20, 2002, King of Fighters 2000. There's Metal Slug, which I know is not a fighter, but... Uh, sorry, Metal Slug 2. There's uh, Fatal Fury Special. Samurai Showdown. It's a good handful of fighting games. As well as Dark Side Detective. I'm just like, I know this is like a lot of games, but also I know there's going to be like over 30 games free next month on Prime Day. Yep. And I'm going to take care to look at it and see which games I'm going to claim for free. I think the list is already out there, I think. Yeah, but I want to be surprised. set if you are I've been set for the past three weeks I'm ready I'm good to go I'm ready to go I am retweeting this this tweet right now I say you probably, you probably shouldn't like keep that in for three three weeks that's gonna be bad um Not uh, that you fool that always gets uh released on a regular basis I'm just saying doctors there for a reason uh yeah okay and then I'll count us in and three, two, one. Hello, welcome to the VG Weekly Roundup, your number one unranked weekly video game podcast every Tuesday at 9.30ish p.m. and Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time. We come to you live for a collection of the week's biggest gaming news, host topics, and what we've been playing right here at twitch.tv slash closp. That is twitch.tv slash closp. Please remember, you have Amazon Prime. You have Prime Gaming and one thing with the Twitch sub for any channel. We'll be the channel for you, but if not, that's okay. You can support us by liking the show, retweeting it, sharing it, favoriting it, uh, putting clips out there. Just follow it on any, any of the podcast platforms out there for you. Just, uh, just like it. Leave a review. Interact. Like, just, just take the stick and poke the dead body.
We're not dead, but just just poke it. Just, just poke it. Give it. Just give some some sort of physical interaction for the love of God. We are starving. Don't worry about the smell. It will only haunt your dreams. Sir? Anyway, I'm your host, Steelspeed. You can call me P. As always, I'm joined by the deranged voice man himself, Ultima of at UltimaJVDef on Twitter and Twitch. You know, I was going to come in doing the whole persona bit I usually do by trying to emulate Lyle Wrath, but I gotta say a big applause to you for actually reading that slowly and coherently. I am very impressed. You earn a gold star today, Mr. P. I have thoughts on that Persona news. I don't know if I've shared that Persona thoughts on there outside of me yelling about it when it initially happened. I was, uh, to be honest, I didn't even know that there was a direct today until some, until I was scrolling on Twitter during my stream and saw that, oh, hey, now, P- now Persona can, can stop complaining about putting on the Switch and start complaining that it's running on 15 frames per second. I'm saying, like, y'all, y'all wanted this so badly. Let's see. Like, I got people... You don't understand. It was technically a PS3 game. It'll run fine. I'm just over here like, sweetheart, whatever you say. This is, whatever this is, you say, Roy, sweetheart. This is the Royal Edition. Yes, I know. So this is the graphically enhanced version. They're saying, oh, they just won't do it. Like, sweetheart, whatever you say. Like, I, it's, there, it's a great game. It's a wonderful game. I wish all people who buy it the best of luck. Good and then things, we got other things. news about yeah. a certain other game that's coming to the Switch that I'll talk about later, personally. Oh, yes. We will worry about all that. So this week, uh, we're going to go ahead and be giving you the Final Fantasy sixteen Bonanza, as we gave you the Final Fantasy seven Remake Bonanza last week with Minus. Uh, I have curated a bunch of stories with that for us to go ahead and go through. We have news about Tony Hawk being like... Dude, I was down to give you more games, but, like, they weren't. And uh, we were going to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because I do what I want. I don't care if you're not into it. I know you're out there. We're going to make you into it. And then uh, Ultima will tell us a story that only he can. Yep. My good friends. My good comrades. My fellow Tarnished. It will be story time with Ultima soon. But the most important thing is that today is episode 12 on Tuesday, June 28th. That's right, right? I'm not missing days. I haven't been in no, a coma. No, today's 28th. Today's 28th. Okay, great. Because this whole fucking fast few weeks, this past few days have felt like it's been the same day for the past three days. Listen, I woke up thinking, okay, well, I'm up early. I'm going to get some things done. It'll be a good day. I'm going to focus in. And then uh, both my parents got COVID. So uh, it's, it's, I, I, it's been a day. It's been a day. I understand. Man, that's wild. Yeah. Wouldn't be me. It happens. Anyway, before we start off with the stories, though, we're going to ask a question we always do. Ultima, what you been playing? Uh-huh. Alright, so for those of you that have been watching my streams, first of all, thank you very much. It means so much. It really does. Uh, and if you haven't, go over to twitch.tv slash ultimatejvdev because we started another story-based game because that's what I do. And we started playing Near Replicant. I've been wanting to play this game for a few years on stream. And I was finally able to do it. And 
my god, Yoko Taro and the lovely people that are behind making the Nier series really loves putting aspects of different games in their one popular anime game. Jesus Christ. There's elements of Zelda. There's fucking elements of bullet hell games. Of course, you got your, your adventures, your fucking open, quote-unquote open world areas. It is, obviously, it's beautiful. If you've played Automata, it's beautiful. This is the quote-unquote prequel remake, and it's just so good. Oh, God. This My... is the prequel remake remaster of the Dragonguard spinoff. Yeah, Nier. The original mm-hmm. Nier. I just want to make sleeper. sure everyone knew, knew the full titles of what we're dealing with here. Sorry, go on. The sleeper to the 360, which used to be a 360 uh, uh, exclusive, I believe. Yes. If and I missed out Daddy on it. Nier. Father Nier, yeah. The originator, the progenitor of the mask Yoko Taro wears. The glorious mask he wears, might I add. Not to dick ride, because I do have some issues with that motherfucker. But that, that's, a, that's a whole other story. But yeah, New Replicant, uh, really wonderful game. Combat is really smooth. The camera does change like it does in Automata to where like it switches into like a top-down view for when you're trying to do your little, you know, t- your bullet hell situation. Uh, but obviously this is the prequel, so there's not as much like Android bullshit. As far as I know, I have made it through 12 hours of the game, and I just found Emil in the fucking Spider Mansion and... The fact there's a fucking spider mansion. I fucking hate you, Yoko Taro. Fuck you for adding spiders to a game. Fuck you for ruining my fun. You could just ruin my fun by making a great story that has horrible, sad twists. You could have done that, but you added spiders? You motherfucker. You've added giant meal heads in Automata that freaked me the fuck out. And you dare to add fucking spiders, you cunt. You little piece of shit. But bit aside, uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful game. Beautifully, beautifully laid. Uh, it controls really fucking smooth. And another complaint I do have is the amount of fucking foot travel you have to do. My God. And they make a joke about it. And the game's like, hey, you know, is there a warp so we can use? It's like, oh, yes. But your body would be turned to mincemeat if we tried. This motherfucker. Yeah. They, they they love their own they, they love to fourth wall break and it's fun at times but this game really is fun it really is cool uh their side missions are kind of asinine but it is what it is you gotta get you gotta get your shit in you gotta, you gotta get your money in um to be fair though they're see kind this of not being wrong. on the switch but they'll try go on sorry to say, that say to be fair they're kind of not wrong though because originally this was made um for like the 360 ps3 era where where fast travel was you know, I think for the most part, but it was still kind of a thing of people trying to figure it out. So I wouldn't be surprised if that four fall break was the, fake, the fact of like, you know, in the original, they just couldn't make it work. So I wouldn't, because I remember the time frame of the original. It, fast travel didn't really take off, take off until like mid to late that generation. People forget that. Mm, but go on. Mid, because remember Skyrim was a thing in like 2011. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, game, very chunky, very big, and 12 hours is barely scratching the surface of this game. I do have to mention that this game is a near game by Yoko Taro. It has many, many different routes that I'm going to have to go through. I don't know if it has the entire alphabet and routes like an automata, but I do know that there is, I believe, A through E. 
I think that's the main the main um beef of the of the game. Mm-hmm. But if it if it is like Automata in that sense, I'm gonna be enjoying it because uh Automata playing through the routes again, playing through route A was fun, playing through route B was like, oh okay, it's the same, but it's 9S, okay. Then C was fucking oh god, it was depressing. I, I I'm gonna save that for when we all are able to talk about Automata, because you still have to play through it, don't you? Yeah. I'm hoping to get that done this year, but it's not looking good, but we'll go on. Well, you can play it on the Switch if you want it, and the glorious seven let's see real 480p 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 maybe 720 if you're good if you got the oled model yeah maybe we'll see maybe all right i've also played another game and i hate myself for this i I hate my i downloaded this last night by the way now backstory I played this game when it first came out as a tower defense survival. Then it became the head of the battle royale genre. And then I stopped right before season two was a thing. Or like before, before, uh, way before the, the black hole thing where they had to like rebrand their shit. I don't remember. But I stopped playing Fortnite for years. Boo this man. Boo this Why man. Boo me? Boo, boo me for not playing or boo me for playing it? Or playing. Okay. Now, now, Boomy, because I heard that this game finally added a function called no building. And so seeing people play it, seeing people praise it, I thought, you know what? Since they add this functionality to the game, and they've had many updates with many different mechanical uh, additions, like the pink system, uh, new gun uh, upgrades, vehicles, and everything like that, I thought, you know what? This game virtually has changed, hopefully for the better. I will give it a college try. I will give it a try and give it my honest opinion. I downloaded it last night. My first three games were all wins, solo, no builds. And I I, I have to preface that by saying all this because I don't want to seem biased. The gameplay with no builds is so much better. Because you don't have to fight a kid that can build a fucking White House in three seconds. But not just that, uh, the aiming is a lot tighter as, w- as what I felt. The game is not as clunky as it was. There is so much more of a higher feel when playing the game, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know why, but they added a fucking stamina bar. I, f- I-, I hate it. I fucking hate it, but it's there. Uh, okay. And uh, they did add a few other weapons that isn't just a sniper. I think they added one assault rifle to where it has a scope to where you can actually aim it in first person. I thought that was neat because I do like first person shooting more than third person. Mm-hmm. And with the event happening now, you can fight Darth Vader and he's a bastard to fight. Like he's just out in the world. And if you get a blaster, that's infinite ammo, but that's mechanical side. Uh, the game has changed enough to where it feels like a different game with the same battle royale settings. Yeah. And I still don't like it because I do not like third person shooters. But if we're talking about fun, I will have to give it some praise. It is fun. It is fun. It is free. And the map looks a lot better than it was originally. With a lot with all the changes that's gone through, it looks a lot better. Um 
Yeah, Fortnite, you've you've done good. Uh, shit, I, I I hate that I'm playing you, but you did good. I will give you that. I, unbiased, you did good. You went from a absolute one out of five to about three point five out of five for me. That's a that's a big leap. Good job, Fortnite. What was it? Uh, we didn't cover because we no one here really talks about or plays Fortnite that much, so we didn't cover when it first happened. But there was a story a few months ago concerning a possible uh, FPS mode for mo Fortnite. Yeah, I heard about that, and I'm still skeptical about it. But if it does indeed happen, then I probably will play it a whole lot more because I like first-person shooters a lot more. Mm -hmm. Hence why I'm getting Modern Warfare 2, but that's a conversation for another time. Very much so, very much so. So, Pete, what have you been playing? Uh, a lot of shit. We're not going to worry about that right now because we got enough stories to go ahead and cover. Bet. Uh, we'll worry about that maybe on Thursday or some shit. I don't know. The news news don't stop coming, folks. So we don't stop moving. Go ahead Man, what were those and last three weeks then? Here. Huh? Or those last three weeks then? Yeah. That was yeah. patient. It just Gotta acts. give you shit for it at least once, or thrice, or five times. I was I was here last week. What? Last Tuesday? Oh yeah, no, that happened. Um. Anyways, we'll go on the first story of the day, Ultima. Right, Tony Hawk trying to be relevant again. So, uh, Tony Hawk went up to Activision's place because they also had a problem. Like everyone has a problem with Activision, but Tony Hawk had a real scathing problem with them, and he says that Activision scrapped a 3 and 4 remake of Pro Skater following Vicarious Vision's merger. This is from Andy Robinson over at the VGC, the Video Games Chronicle. As I take a sip of water, make sure to hydrate everyone. It's important. You 2 p fucking hydrate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh... So, a planned remake a, a remake of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 and 4 was canned due to Activision Blizzard's decision to absorb 1 and 2 developer Vicarious Visions. If you don't know who Vicarious Visions are, uh, they're also the people behind remaking uh, Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, and 3 with the Insane Trilogy. Just a little, head, uh, little backstory. I believe they're also behind the Spyro Trilogy. I could be wrong. Um, that is according to Pro Skater himself, who claimed during a live stream on Monday... Uh, last Monday, that Activision had briefly taken pi uh, pitches from other studios, but allegedly wasn't happy with any of them. That was the plan, even uh, up until the release date of 1 and 2, Hawk said. We're doing 3 and 4, and then Vicarious uh, got kind of absorbed, and then they were looking for other developers, then it was over. He added, The truth of it is, Activision were trying to find somebody to do 3 and 4, but they just didn't really trust anyone with what they did. Uh, wait. They didn't want that Vicarious did. So they took other pitches from other studios like, what would you do with the Tony Hawk Pro Skater title? And they didn't like anything they heard, and, and that was it. Who knows? Maybe the when the dust settles, we'll figure it out. You never know. I, I, I never would have thought we were going to do a 1 and 2 20 years later. Activision Blizzard announced on January 2021 that it planned to fold uh yeah planned to fold vicarious visions into blizzard as a support team and the merger became official in april of this year at the time activision blizzard said the tony hawk pro skater 1 and 2 and crash bandicoot insane trilogy developer will no longer be creating games as a lead studio 
going forward, the Vicarious Visions team of around 200 people will be employees of Blizzard and fully dedicated to existing Blizzard games and initiatives. Remember, this is the same company that got a woman to commit suicide after sexual harassment. I'm never letting them live that down. <clears throat> At least uh, for Blizzard mainly, but uh, the, the fact that Vicarious Visions is being absorbed into Blizzard and no longer really making games and is just doing Blizzard's dirty work is kind of sad. Yeah. Even like, sad that we're not getting a three and four. Like, it even more so the fact that they were taking pitches to get three and four done. Like, you had the team on there. You could just let them remake three and four as well, but they didn't want them to make a game. They wanted them to support Call of Duty. Not Call of Duty, Blizzard. Uh, oh, Blizzard. Blizzard, yeah. Blizzard specifically. Yeah. Call of Duty... Like, what... Activision is only just produced for Call of Duty because they're no, they're not uh, working with Treyarch or Infinity Ward. This is purely Blizzard being a piece of well, shit. No, it, it was um, the group that did uh, Crash Bandicoot. They got absorbed into. Yeah, no, I'm saying um, they're being absorbed by Activision Blizzard, but Blizzard's division, not Activision's. Uh... No, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying it was. It was um, I'm, I'm saying difference. This like this is uh, this group being absorbed to help with Blizzard, but before the. Activision had done it before with the group that made the Crash Bandicoot games uh, recently, and they absorbed them to go in and help with uh, Call of Duty. Ew. Gross. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, I know. Uh, they're being done with them. They are taking very talented people away from remaking or making games into assisting with live service games from a company that is deep in shit. Yeah. The hope is, though, that... um. If the acquisition is able to go go through like it likely is, uh, Phil Spencer has already stated how he was like, I yeah, I was kind of like, we have the money for it. If we get this through, that, that's such a large library of games. There's no reason not to just make games on there. So if this does come through, hopefully in the future, we will see like them come back and revisit some of these classic games, like the Tony Hawks, maybe in the future. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there an article that stated that Bobby was still going to be leading or heading, uh, Blizzard even with the merger? Because it got voted uh, in again? No, 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 that was a vote in to keep him there for right now so that he could keep his, uh, blood money bonus. Um, oh, okay. but that does not change the leadership plans if the merger does go through. Okay. Yeah, because technically speaking, they have to the, the the wording for it has to be very precise. In the fact that it technically has not happened yet, um, still has to be rectified and you know official and all that kind of crap. Um, so the plan is still to have him out once Phil is in charge. But until such a time as it does finally, it's happening. Uh, they did have to vote, and of course, the rich people voted for the rich person. Gross. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, R.I.P. Tony Hawk, you you living legend in the skateboard world. Hopefully, uh, one and two is enough to get you uh, those royalties. Yeah, like how I do I remade American Wasteland? Fuck. How do I put this? Um, trying to think about trying to think about this. Uh, TikTok. TikTok. Uh, TikTok. Yeah, no, I I still I still dream of the day that. I can live the I can live the Cinderella story of of I meet Tony Hawk but I do not at all admit that he is Tony Hawk and just make him go through it like everybody else in the world. 
the one celebrity that no one re- realizes is the celebrity. No, I'm 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 sure. At this point, I'm 100% sure we're all in on it. We 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 know who he is, but no one wants to let him have it. No one. It will not happen. He will suffer through. He will know pain. I am buying time to get a Why are we hating on Tony Hawk? Uh, I'm not, the reason basically is uh one comedy he deserves it. He knows what he did. Uh, two, try to grab this fucking trailer on here. What the fuck, goddammit? Uh, where, where's this? No, let's, here we go. The Dominance trailer. This is what we're looking for here. Because next up is going to be three back-to-back stories of Final Fantasy 16. So strap in, folks. We're going for a ride. Well, time for me to get my blanket. And okay, first up is going to go ahead and be a story from uh, Tamor Hussein at uh, GameSpot because um, why is there so many? Well, because as a fan of Final Fantasy XIV, I can tell you right now, when Yoshi P decides it's time to talk, that man doesn't know how to shut the fuck up. I was awake until like 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning with Gallant before the last expansion dropped, and this man spent over an hour talking about the conversion rates on the gill currency in final fantasy 14 to make sure everyone understood it and it's like dude no one's gonna question you this much on it please stop and he didn't stop that man just talks he knows how to talk anyway back to tomorrow he's saying at GameSpot. uh these articles are cut up a little bit so go ahead and just bear in mind if you want to read the full things they are out there uh let me see Final Fantasy XVI needs its mature rating, says producer. Final Fantasy XVI is likely to receive a mature rating ahead of its launch in summer of 2023, which is somewhat of a novelty for games in Square Enix's study, uh, storied role-playing series. To date, there are only a handful of titles that go beyond the T or E rating, and Final Fantasy XVI looks, to set, looks set to be among them. In an interview with GameSpot producer Naoki Yoshida, said the team pursued this rating as it let them tell the story they wanted more freely. According to Yoshida, although he believes somewhat restrictive ratings are important to ensure that the proper people are consuming the appropriate content, trying to tell a more mature story while adhering to the restrictions of ratings below the mature level can be can hamper the creative process and the experience of players. When trying to tell a story with difficult adult themes, these ratings can end up becoming somewhat of a hindrance, and you find yourself changing things that you wanted to do in the game based on that rating. You wanted to show something because you have this certain rating that you need to go to. You need to move the camera away, and that ends up making the entire experience feel a little cheaper. For the Final Fantasy 16, for Final Fantasy 16, however, Square Enix is breaking from the norm and pushing for the mature end of the rating scale. To date, only Final Fantasy Type Zero and Stranger of Paradise: Final Fantasy Origin have been rated mature, and both of those are spin-off titles. Final Fantasy 16 is the first in the mainline series to receive this rating. This time, to make sure that we could tell the story we wanted in the way that we wanted. To, we decided to pursue a mature rating in most of the regions that will be released in the game. Yoshida explained, but again, this is not ju- because we simply wanted to make the game more violent or the game more explicit. This is because we felt it was necessary to allow us to explore those more mature themes that the game tackles. 
continuing on into uh, John Elker at oh Jahan Elker at uh, the Washington Post. The man who said Final Fantasy is forging its future with Final Fantasy 16. To begin with a quote, when you're talking about the future of Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy franchise, you have to aim at that generation of players that have never touched a Final Fantasy before, Yoshi said in an interview with the Washington Post. Maybe they think the series is too old, too classic, so you create something that shows them that this could be an exciting game. But I don't want you to think it I'm abandoning those veteran players and fans in the series, because we are definitely not. We want to create something that everyone feels is epic. Skipping ahead, Yoshida, now the producer of Final Fantasy XVI, which is set to release in 2023, is incorporating the lessons he's taken away from Final Fantasy XIV into XVI design philosophy. The combat system of Final Fantasy XVI is a prime example of this. Uh, in action... It's action-oriented, action-oriented, emphasizing flashy combos and read-and-react combat that the Final Fantasy series has been trending towards since Final Fantasy XII, but attempts to incorporate elements for longtime fans will recognize. Fighting won't be a solo experience. Contrary to how it appears in the trailer, the main character Clive will be accompanied by several AI-controlled party members who will banter and connect through the story, similar to past Final Fantasy games. Yoshida also teases that there will be a faithful buddy that Clive can give specific commands to during the combat, despite the majority of player control focusing on Clive. While specific details of the combat will be revealed at a later date, Yoshida is confident in that the direction the system is taking, he believes that Square Enix, now with titles like Final Fantasy XV, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and the Kingdom Hearts series under its belt, finally has the expertise to creating a compelling action combat system that players, regardless of their familiarity with the series, will enjoy. The Kingdom Hearts team at Square Enix has been especially helpful in contributing to those real-time combat and boss battles, which she just said. It can be said that the battles in Final Fantasy XVI are in some ways a culmination of the company's past experiences. The team led by battle director uh, Ryota Suzuki formerly of Capcom, who designed Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Devil May Cry 5, and Dragon's Dogma, feels similarly content, uh, oh, similarly confident according to Yoshida. The issues that plagued previous games in the franchise around battle animations, combat fluidity, and messy UIs have been streamlined thanks to Suzuki's guidance. For this last story on here, we're going to go ahead and do a little bit of role-playing. Not that way, you sickos, calm down. And they would not have be... thought about it until you said it, you sick fuck. Listen, listen, listen. We ain't got the numbers to have people be thinking like that. Ow, no. It, the number one is plenty enough. That's that's That one is the loneliest number, and the loneliest number is the most depraved one. We all know this. Anyway, for the following one, I will be taking on the role of Game Informer, and Yoshi P will be done none other than Ultima. In the interview, I, no, I hope you enjoy this. Icons, boss fights, and when we'll see more. This is Wesley LeBlanc at Game Informer. Game Informer. Final Fantasy has a history experimenting with different combat systems and new mainline entries, and Final Fantasy 16 seems to be doing the same with probably the heaviest emphasis on action in the mainline series yet. How did the team arrive on this style of combat, and what's it like seeing it come to life by way of combat director Ryota Suzuki? Uh, a designer who credited includes uh, DMC5, Dragon's Dogma, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2. 
You asked me about the direction with the combat system, and so to answer that, in order to contribute to the overall evolution of the Final Fantasy series, we decided that rather than building on past Final Fantasy battle systems, that we instead shift our focus to one of real-time action. And so, once we had that concept down, that we're going to do, that we're going to go in this direction, it made it easy for our director and for our battle director, uh, Ryoto Suzuki, to take the reins and bring some of uh, something that is truly action focused for the battle system we've not only given the main character clive an arsenal of powerful attacks and abilities based off of those uh, traditional final fantasy summons but we're allowing him to cycle through those attacks in real time to deal those attacks in real time this allows for powerful combinations and smooth stylish gameplay that both looks and feels great an example of this is like you saw in that Dominance trailer where you have one of the Garuda abilities where you lift the enemy up into the air, and then while in the air, Clive can switch to Titan and use one of the Titan abilities to pound the enemy to the ground. This kind of seamless switching and swapping of actions and chaining them together to create some of those unique combinations are all up to the player's different playstyles. There are lots of room for customizing these styles of builds that Clive has, and the player finding a build that matches their playstyle is one of the fun things about the action system we have. All right, from Game Informer again. Uh, let's see here. Sorry, I accidentally closed the doc. I need to reopen it here. Okay, then, yeah, skipping ahead to Game Informer's next question. Uh, throughout the trailer, there are a number of health bars on top of the screen both in human versus human fights and icon versus icon battles what's going on with these and are they meant to be reminiscent of fighting games uh we're skipping ahead a little bit for yoshi p's answer here as people know basically you said it, it looks like that by coincidence go on the overall game design for those icon versus icon battles however is meant to be unique and in fact we don't actually use the same exact system twice each battle is completely unique in its play style and so we're doing something that's kind of crazy. For example, maybe one Akon versus Akon battle. If you have Akon A versus Akon B, that battle will be reminiscent of a 3D shooter. Whereas another Icon versus uh, a different Icon, it's more like a pro wrestling match. And then maybe even a third one with Icon versus another Icon will transform an entire area into a battlefield. And so again, we didn't reuse the same system or we didn't reuse these systems, and each one of these icon versus icon battles is unique and will change with each battle. Because of that, and because the battles are so different in nature, the UI has to change for each battle. And so, you will see slight differences in the UI between these battles. However, we ended up having to cut a lot of that from the trailer because it ends up being story spoilers, and we didn't want to have that. They're doing so much! They're doing so, so much! There's just so Way much happening much. on here. This is like Final Fantasy 15 all over again, except I'm hoping this is a full game when it comes out. Jesus. Uh, I think it will be. I think they, they learned a lesson about um, DLC <laughs> and keeping one direction, leaving them the fuck alone. Uh, at least they, I, I, think uh, they know, I think they know better than to piss off uh, Yoshi P at this point. Um, this also kind of reminds me of uh, No More Heroes. Uh, no More Heroes 2, where they kind of just do their own thing every fight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, that's like the up and under, again, there's a bunch of interviews on there, so if you want to see more about that or read more about that, definitely go check them out. They're all very insightful. I just kind of um, Frankenstein them into something more presentable. But honestly, after hearing all that, I said it before, my main griping concern was the lack of uh, party, because I, for me, that is the big thing of like what is Final Fantasy content of, you know, 
having that uh, party-based adventure with your homies. So uh, the fact that there will, in fact, be a party uh, and that they are alluding to the fact that we will go ahead and get to, like, you can not only pet the dog, but he is there the whole time and he is your homeboy. I'm down with that. Uh, the story will be doing stories of Clive as a teenager, 20, and in his 30s. Um, so all about that. Like, it's gonna, like This is a lot of promise for me. I really like it. The way that they mentioned, I had to cut it from the article that originally they didn't have very many health bars in there for a lot of it, but they wanted to go ahead and put them in there as an example of what's happening for more information within the trailer, and that's why they left them on there. But it seems they're alluding to the idea that you can also customize the HUD and not make everything be viewable there, which I am very thankful. That's not like a Yoshi P special. Also, that man loves uh, damage numbers way too goddamn much, so I'm, I'm very uh, thankful for that. And we'll see. I'm still holding on to uh, I'm holding on to expectations. I'm waiting until it's in my hands, that demos in my hands before I could say anything good or bad. Otherwise, because I still want to feel the combat for myself. Yeah, I I like I I got the idea when I first saw it of okay, the combat is based around, um, you know, the icons. I guess however the fuck you do this, they become the different types of fights you can do, a la Devil May Cry. So I don't know. For me, again, my biggest thing was having the party. They've confirmed there will be a party throughout the story. So cool. That was my main concern. So I will I would like to just say that I like that they're getting help from both the Kingdom Hearts developers and the people and the director that that they said this multiple times is behind the fights, uh, the the fighting mechanics of Devil May Cry, of uh, Dragon Zombie, which I bought the game. I will play eventually. And for Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which I'm listening to right now. Um, that in and of itself gives me some hope for the combat. I still need to feel it, though. Oh, have you never played Dragon's Dogma before? No, I played Dragon Age. Oh, like a little bit of Dragon's Age, but never completely. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think you'll I, like it. I, I think you'll enjoy it. It's yeah, it's, it, it's summer cells coming in clutch. Yeah, it's um old game is old. The biggest detractor for Dogma was the fact that uh. You know, it didn't have fast travel originally, and even the one they put in after the fact is not good. But, um, that's fun. It's fun. Like, it again, all these games, like the how close he is with, um, Nomura and that team, like the way they have so much, like, intercommunication happening between the teams, it makes me very excited. And the fact that for those who are wondering, like, man, it looks like so much, looks so far off, Yoshi P does not like his production style or uh, producing style is very much they don't start showing off the game until Good. they are very confident it will be releasing soon so this Good. is around the same time frame that uh we would have gotten from like all of the expansions first being announced to release for like final fantasy 14 so for those worried about that i wouldn't worry too much i don't know what that says about the scale of the game but as i did confirm uh, before, I don't think I actually put it in any of the articles on here. It is not going to be open world. It's going to be classic. Linear. Yeah. No, no, no. Not linear, but it's going to be more classic uh, Final Fantasy, like original Final Fantasies of here is a um, an open area type situation. You know, like the, here are the different uh, routes. Here are different spots. Like uh, almost, you know, like things like Final like Fantasy seven. X. Yeah. Like ten, seven, stuff like that. Like it, it knows where to give you room to breathe, but also it has a clear director, uh, di- directing focus of like in the game. That's why I love. Like for me, 
I find like the best example of game direction goes to um, Totsuya Nomura and the work on Final Fantasy VII Remake, where I felt that was one of the few examples of a perfectly directed game, of you know exactly where you are the entire time, what you should be doing, what you can be doing, but it always keeps moving you forward at a set and proper pace that never feels lacking, to me at least. So having that generation of Square Enix seems to be, you know, pulling more and more of their own names out there and now taking control, being on the boards and all that. It has me excited. So we'll we'll see what happens. I I'm happy to be coming a bit more back on it from how negative I was before. All right, take it away for the for for Xenoblade. Is right. So for Xenoblade, uh let's see here. Uh, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 reveals an expansion pass in today's Nintendo Direct. This was back on the 22nd, so last week. This is Martin Robinson at Eurogamer. Nintendo presented a deep dive into the imminent JRPG epic Xenoblade Chronicles in today's Focus Direct presentation, revealing an expansion pass that unlocks helpful items and outfits upon the game's release next month. That will provide access to a new story scenario that's set to launch before the end of 2023. Skipping ahead a little bit. Set... On the planet of Ionis, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is set against a backdrop of warring factions from the nations of Neves and Agnos. I could be getting those wrong, but it's been a week too bad. And a world in which people have predetermined lifespans of 10 years, your party is drawn from three characters from each side who've put the differences aside and opening a broader, deeper take on combat that riches... Oh, that's rich with systems. There are now three ways to fight as the two factions fight uh, Ionis' local fauna. While the expansive world is pepper, uh, peppered with colonies where residents will offer up their own quest lines, combat takes on the arts-based system of previous games, but opens up to support six characters you can swap between, each with their own class and attributes, and offering opportunities to chain combos and fuse arts together. It also it's also possible to recruit heroes into a seventh character slot, which one of the, with each one of them bringing their own distinct talents and arch. While characters in your party can be fused together to form a Ouroboros, a particularly powerful character that can deal out extra damage. There's amiibo support too, by the way, of in-game items unlocked by using any figurine. While those in possession of Sulk Amigo and the Shulk Amigo will be able to morph into character's sword into the iconic shape of the Monado. I'll put it out there. I I I like the Xenoblade games. I always buy them day one to play them, check them out on there. I still have not been able to go through all the way through for a single Xenoblade uh, playthrough, but they've always been enjoyable. And this one looks like the sickest and coolest one out of the bunch. It seems like the most action-oriented has the biggest cast that you're using regularly, the way that the combat looks and flows and the world we're dealing with. I think in canon, for those wondering, uh, timeline-wise, uh, Xenoblade 1 as the earliest, Xenoblade 2 is the latest, and this one, Xenoblade 3, will be the in-between between those two games. So to give you an idea of, like, do you need to play the other games to enjoy it? No, they're all pretty much standalones. They just are in the same world. And, like, I'm just happy to see, like, uh, like, I just, I, I don't know how to put it into words of, they've been trying with this Xeno franchise, whether it, you know, 
from backing the PS1 error. Because if people aren't aware of it, the whole Xeno thing has been around for goddamn ever. These are the same people that have been making games since like 1999 with uh Xeno Saga, uh Xeno Gears on PS1. Like they have been trying to do the whole idea of this large narrative epic in game. Uh at Monolithsoft and to see it happening, see it get the hype it has always deserved here. It's so cool. It really is just so cool, and I'm all about it. Like, I can't wait to play it. I really hope at some point this year I can put the time aside to really start and dig into those games finally. Because every time I play even a little bit, because I always get somewhere, then I get distracted. It's so awesome. It's just so fucking cool. I have no opinions because I've never played Xenoblade. I recommend them eventually. All right, then Ultimate take us on home. All right, my fellow Tarnished. I'm here to talk to y'all about the next project. From Softwares, Miyazaki says the next project is in the final stages. Elden Ring 2 is not rolled out. This is from John Carson. Uh, give me just one dingle darn old minute because I forgot to send someone something very important. That's on me. I uh, I, I totally thought you were gonna go with uh, John Cena. I was I was waiting for I was waiting for the song to go off in the background because I know you're crazy enough. To I do don't it. have the soundboard, bro. <laughs> I've I had I actually seen this document like a day prior, I probably would have tried, but I didn't. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I did not. I denote my good friend. In fact, wait, when did this article even come out? Or when did this document? It came out last week. I completely missed it. <laughs> I completely missed it. Anywho, in an interview with 4Gamer.net, Elder Ring director and president of From Software, Hidetaka Miyazaki, revealed some information about the Studio's X project and even left some room for the possibility of an Elden Ring sequel. Translations of the interview are courtesy of Google Tri already. I do not like this. So please forgive if they're, if they're a little rough. A little? Little? Regarding the next From Software project, 4Gamer inquired about three games that were in the pipeline when Sekiro was in development. At the time, two of the titles were unknown to the public, with one ending up to be, uh, ended up being this year's smash hit, Elden Ring. As for the other, we seemingly don't have to wait too long to see what it is. When asked whether that other game was still in development, Miyazaki responded, yes, development is in its final stages. Miyazaki doesn't show his cards on what game it may be, but rumblings in the industry point towards a resurgence from another software franchise, Armored Core, which if you know nothing about From Software, Armored Core is like their baby before Demon Souls was a thing. Like they have so many different Armored Core games. It is nuts. Trading uh, the steel of the medieval armor for a steel plating of high-tech mecha would be a refreshing change of pace for the studio after its run of Magic and Melee-centric Souls titles. It will also be interesting to see if the long-running robot series will take any design philosophies from its FromSoft sister series. Whether the Armored Core rumors turn out to be true will hopefully be revealed in the near future. 
from software staff is growing in size, making the scope and scale of Elden Ring possible with the available manpower. With more developers on hand, Miyazaki says multiple projects are in the works at From Software from various directors. In a quote, he says, I was able to create a title with a sense of scale of Elden Ring because of the growth of the human resources in the company. But from now on, I think we'll all often leave the project to them. In fact, there are several titles directed by people other than me, and it's time to increase the number of developers. Elden Ring was also a big topic in the interview, with Miyazaki confirming updates will continue to roll out for the game, but bigger content updates like DLC are not mentioned. Although he does leave the door open for a sequel of some kind. When 4Gamer states an Elden Ring 2 would sell really well, but From Software has been shying away from the sequels these days, Miyazaki responds, it's a case-by-case -case basis. There are merits to taking uh, to both taking over the numbering and creating a network with a new title. So I would like to sell uh, to select as appropriate. Oh yeah, that's where the choppiness of Google Translate happens. So personally speaking, I'm glad there are more developers than just Miyazaki. Now that they're uh, as he's saying, he's letting more people do their own thing over from software as it's as it has grown. Uh, I'm happy for that because not every from software. I don't like the fact that. We know from software as just the Soulsborne franchises, especially since uh, one of the recent games, Sekiro, is not a Soulsborne game at all. It's a, a much to a different game series, but I don't remember the name of that. Um, uh, and uh, I think it was Tenchu. Yeah, that's it, Tenchu. Um, and now with the possible bringing back of Armored Core, that gets me happy because I wasn't able to play Armored Core back in the days of PS2 and the Game Gear, because I wasn't really aware of it. I found that out when I was doing research on Sekiro during the whole Activision Blizzard bullshit, because, um, fun fact, From Software only has three games published by Activision. That's Lost Kingdoms 1 and 2, and Sekiro. Every other game has been through a third party, as well as Bandai Namco and a few other um, companies, again, third party. So now they're having different developers. I'm I'm hoping to see something new from from software as well as something old like Armored Core for this day and age. Um, on top of that, I am surprised that uh, they're trying to shy away from DLC. I don't know if that's because they have something in the works and they don't want to say it, or if they genuinely do not care enough or do not have any ideas for DLC for Elden Ring in particular, given how big the game is. Yeah, I can see both. I mean. People are still, like, I don't know if anyone has actually, like, found all the secrets yet in there, basically, in Elden Ring. But it was, like, a giant, expansive map, so I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, for those wondering, I have on, uh, playing in the background for the video watchers, um, combat for Armored Core. This is Armored Core 5. And for those wondering, like, yeah, it does not play like the Souls games. Like, everyone's kind of waiting for it. Oh, yeah, I'm waiting for the... You know, armor core is gonna look like you know Elden, like Souls with robots. Like no, no. If they're no. if they're bringing back armored core, it is not gonna be Souls with robots. It it's not. It's gonna be robot action. At least it should be, in my opinion. Like, I think the toughest thing that the armored core games faced uh, coming up as someone who would uh, you know dip his toe into them every so often was the fact that they take some. They initially did take that investment of really getting into them before you got to, like, the crazy-ass battles that would happen on there. Because they were basically, make a robot, and 
get in there and get fighting understanding. So as you can see on here, so many fucking uh, bars and everything. It's like an actual mech game. Like you have to control all these different things. Uh, so a new generation of that will be interesting to see. But I but I hope we stick to actual armor core proper as opposed to just making another Souls game with robots. I we don't need that. We don't need hey. that at all. And that's why I'm happy about Miyazaki, like kind of loosening his grip and letting other people at the team be in charge of different projects. Because like I've I've always said before, the Souls games I don't think they're bad or anything. I think they look good. I, I like what the team's work is, but I just don't enjoy those games personally. So the idea of having developers that talented, but they have the option to make you know their own games, not just kind of the same concept of game with different uh, looks on them. Very excited for that. Very excited. I would like to just say from what you, from a statement you just said, um, I don't think even Miyazaki would make a Souls games out of Armor Core since it is from their own company. I think uh, he would have, he would have some sort of reverence to his own work or to his own company's work that he would not try to Souls it up for a very old title, a very old, like one of their old flagship titles before Mm -hmm. souls came out. Um, That being said, that could be the, the contribution of two different developers coming through because in all honesty, yeah, I, I I can't see them doing armored core, anything like souls at all with how it was originally. Um, That being said, I, I do hope they, if they do make another armored uh, another armored core game, I'm sorry, I'm trying to fight a burp here. Yeah, if they bring an an older armored core game back at least, or as a, as a small port, because I would like to see, at at least for the PC aspect, I would like to see um one of the older armored cores come back just as a as a refresher or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because um, again, this game has a very very long lineage um before Demon Souls came out, so this would be very interesting, and I think like one or two armor core games came out after demon souls release and then it became I, nothing but like souls games and something of the like yeah i i believe with some updating to make it a bit more um streamlined for the sake of you know like a mainstream audience things of that nature just make it more approachable accessibility options i would hope but with from software i wouldn't be surprised if not but just for the sake of like, i i think this this generation of players would really connect and thrive with what armor core is and tries to be like i i think it would do very very well so i'm excited to see it if if miyazaki is getting that point of like hey i'm not gonna hold down as tight i'd rather have other people be in charge that will make their games things of that nature it would be a cool like you know send off into this era of you know he's kind of like the person behind it all if he maybe he went back to something like armored core where it is a departure from what people know, like, associate from software. Because I think at this point, and this is just from perspective-based, uh, like, people just know of from software for the one type of gameplay style of Soul. So for their departure into this more open and creative space, from what it sounds like an interview, being something as different as Armored Core, again, I think it's going to be cool to see. I think we might see some initial, like, pushback, if it is, because it's going to be so, so different from what people are used to. But I, th- I think the Armor Core franchise could thrive in this generation. I think so. I think it could as well. I think that's, uh, that, that's all for the stories. We had something else, but 
And yeah, we don't we don't gotta say shit for about that. Yeah, Sega's weird. That's all you gotta know about. Well, maybe sometimes Sega's we weird. Sega's fucking weird. All right, folks, and with that, we'll go ahead and call it for the night. We appreciate you for being here. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we loved having you, as always. Uh, I will be back tomorrow, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time with Gallant and El Chefe for the uh, Wii U Trash Talk. And then on Thursday, I will be back with Minus for the second episode of the GBP Roundup. Uh, we will be covering stories such as the Nintendo Direct that happens today. So come back to enjoy all of that. Otherwise, though, uh, throughout the week, you may see me streaming or posting videos up of playing Fire Emblem Three Hopes, uh, DNF Duel, and Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Uh, throughout the different socials, so keep an eye on that if you want to. Uh, Ultimate, anything to promote? Uh, yeah, tomorrow uh, is, is one of my late-night streams. I'll be playing more near Replicant, co- continue through the story. Uh, same with Thursday, except Thursday I'll be doing it earlier in the day. Uh, Saturday I'll be doing something new. I don't know what yet. I don't know what game I'll be streaming. Um, but I'll just be streaming on those days. Uh... Just check me out, twitch.tv slash ultimatejvdeath. And uh, once we get closer to uh, September, I'll be doing some more spooky games. Because, hey, I gotta have a theme, am I right? September, not October? Uh, I do wait a month early because I'll be going through all the Resident Evil remakes plus 7 and 8 in anticipation for the DLC, as uh. well as a few other spooky games I have uh, in the back pocket. Ultimate, you, you've gone back for, like... Have you gone back recently for old school RE4? Yes! Uh, just recently. Just okay, recently. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say, that might be a cool thing to go ahead and do. Just, like, I know I want to go back at some point this this year and try to squeeze it in. I really want to, because we're gonna get some of the differences between that and the RE4 remix, so... I want to try that at some point this year, but we'll see what happens. So many games, so little time. Alright, uh... So, thank you very much, CLSP, for doing this. Uh, of course, of course. Again, folks, thank you. Love you. We'll be back. Then next week, next Tuesday, with myself and Ultima, more gaming news. Until then, goodbye. Here.